0: Hello, and welcome to episode 8 of the Start the Beat podcast with Sykes. I am Sykes, and this is my podcast. Now, before we get started, I just wanted to take a moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode with Cody, aka Stillborn Identity. If you are one of those people, I hope you enjoyed the conversation, and I'm happy that you decided to come back. If you are new to the show, however... I'm glad you're here too. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. As always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. My friend Chris is on the show today. And for those of you who don't know Chris, he is an incredibly active member within the Pittsburgh music scene. He goes to a ton of shows, helps promote and book a ton of shows, knows a ton of cool people, listens to a lot of underground music, and as a result, has some incredibly deep and impressive knowledge about the local scene, particularly in the metal, punk, and hardcore realm, but his personal interests really branch out into all different types of music from all over the world. On top of all of that... Chris is just one of the nicest dudes I've ever met and I don't know why but it's just rare to meet people with such you know such a genuinely good spirit you don't come across him that often so you know he has a very productive outlook on things and we're gonna talk about how he became so involved with the DIY community today that's what we're gonna get into and uh we're also gonna take some turns and dig into our nerdy anime, watching, RPG, and online gaming pasts a bit, so that'll be fun, all right, uh, I think I've talked enough, how about we all just sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat! At the start. Okay. Okay, because you're you're a man that seems to like music. Mm-hmm. So what was your first favorite band?
1: First favorite band. That's a hard one.
0: Did I you I listened to so much
1: stuff when I was younger, and it did, was through my
0: mom. Did you grow up on metal or did you find metal later?
1: I found metal later. Okay. But I remember the first heaviest song that probably would led me into heavier stuff was definitely uh, Born to be Wild by Steppenwolf. Awesome. And I had a compilation uh, Steppenwolf cassette when I was younger that probably my mom or my dad bought me. And I was definitely in grade school, like between like second and fifth grades so around that time. Like definitely yeah, definitely before fifth grade, I was listening to that and like jamming to it. And like, like it's such a powerhouse <laughs> yeah. song. And it's a heavy riff, but it's like... The vocals too are just like have a like a lower tone yeah. and
0: attitude. Dude, yeah, it's just like two
1: fists in the wind, <laughs> riding down the highway. Just like this day is mine. Man. Yeah, it's like
0: absolutely. Oh yeah,
1: like e- e- like the cover of Easy Rider. It's that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, were your parents in the music?
1: Oh, my mom was the biggest musical influence in, in my life. Okay. Um, she was more into like the rock of like the like the sixties and seventies. She's uh, definitely like. The Flower Power. Music. Okay,
0: Flower Child.
1: And one of the albums that we connected on so well was Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Okay, and the song "Great Gig in the Sky." Yeah, just the emotional impact of that song with like the intense intensity of that woman's like vocals, just like screaming and just like like from like the soul just calling out there, and then the guitars and everything.
0: So uh, at, a, at a young age, you were yeah. like uh, appealed to like this like more epic, very yeah. grandiose I'll sound like of j- things. Like, j- like some
1: of the jazz, like the smooth jazz my parents like listened to, and then just like whatever was out there at the time, um, or whatever my parents were listening to, or what was on the radio, or just easily like accessible.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, when you're you know five, six, seven, that's really yeah. all you have, and plus mm-hmm. that was we didn't have. The internet then, Correct. too, so oh, yeah. it was a lot harder to uh, obtain things, but the things Correct. that you obtained, you also obtained them a lot better, I think, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you weren't constantly getting thrown with new things in your face. Like Now, oh, right. I feel like you have a really good grasp on like the underground scene now, uh-huh. and it's impressive to me because I feel like I'm constantly being told about new bands, and I have a right. really difficult time keeping up with it. Because see, every other day somebody's like, "Oh, you gotta check out this. You gotta check out that." And it's like, "How do you have the time to do this? So how do yeah. you have the time to keep up with all this music?" I, I
1: it's <laughs> starting to catch up with me now, and because people <laughs> are telling me as of like, like, "Man, you look really tired." And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, and I'm like, really?" And I am like in the mirror, I'm like, "Yeah, I kind of look do look tired." So I've been trying to dial it back, but but I'm still in the mode of like, "Wow, there's so much good music that's happening around the Berg," and it's not just metal. It's not just punk. There's the house shows like the acoustic stuff the the folk punk the pop punk the uh pop rock indie rock acoustic just everything like you can name up and even like some of the industrial stuff yeah. but, like some of the bands have stuck around like I know Agnes Wired for Sounds has been still kind of remaining like off and on active. oh yeah like, absolutely uh since I've been going to shows like that when I got out of college which was around like late 2007 but okay yeah, around like 2008, I really started going to more shows. Oh, I mean, shows. yeah,
0: when I was, uh, my first band I was ever in mm-hmm. was an IDM noise project. Okay. Where it was just like me and this one other dude, just like with a bunch of gear, just like pushing buttons, making noises. Right. And that was in 2003, 2004. Mm-hmm. And we were playing shows with Agnes Wired for Sound Then. Oh, and, wow. And, and at that point, they had already been doing it for a couple years. So, I mean, they've been at it for a long time, a very long time. But uh, so it's catching up to you, uh, trying to yeah, keep up with it. So you I go just, to a ton of shows too. Yeah. Like you don't just uh, keep up with it on like a computer basis. I yeah. feel like I, I see try it.
1: to on keep it up on a like, computer basis. Like I work two jobs, and the one job I do it work at help desk, and it gets really demanding at times. So at the, end of the day, I'm just like, Ugh. is that and what then, you
0: went to school for? Oh, uh, actually, I went
1: to school for geography. Okay, and I was doing digital mapping, and I had a coworker that was into. Uh, he was a network engineer, and he pretty much jump-started my career into IT when uh, the I the GIS uh, digital mapping department got the axe. Okay. And my course was like, "Well, do you want to learn
0: how to do this? To do this? And I yeah, like,
1: I don't know anything about this, but it seems interesting. So, um, why cool. not? Yeah, carrying on. Yeah, and it was great. I mean, it's it just goes to show that if you have a willing to learn and willing to Take in new things. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I said, just a moment ago, like willing to learn new, new skills and new trades, job opportunities and well, new opportunities in general will open up for you.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, where I'm at now, it was uh, when I hey. talked to Jason about mm-hmm. getting in at Get Hip. All I wanted to do was like help them with selling records and listing stuff. Mm-hmm. And they didn't need anybody to do that. But they were like, we need somebody to screen print. Do you know how to do that? And I was mm. like, yeah, totally. And I didn't. But yeah. I figured out how to do it really, really fast. Because yeah. I was like, man, I want to work for these people. And plus, it seems like screen printing something I've always been interested in. Oh, yeah. And I've done it on like a really like small scale before. I wouldn't have expected somebody to pay me for it. But, you know. Right. You know, now I do it, so I picked it up and uh, I it learned seems it.
1: Like, and that's such a cool trade nowadays, uh, too. There's some different artists that have like a knack for it, and they can do like these real intricate designs, and then the layering too. Mm-hmm. You know, like they just have like this grasp of organization, and yeah, how it, it's really and cool. It comes out so beautiful sometimes. Nowadays. It's
0: really cool. Uh, now that I've gotten uh, a really good handle on it, I want to start like doing some like customized, like, screen-printed posters and things like that that a lot of people do. Oh, for sure. um, But, again, it's finding the time. Finding the time for things Mm -hmm. is hard. So you work two jobs, and I know that you've been... You've promoted some shows, too, right? Or you've helped bring bands through. Like, the way that it works and how
1: how it all began was somebody asked me, hey, can you book this band for me? I'm like, okay. And the first band I ever booked was Absurdo from Philadelphia. That was probably maybe... 2011 2012 maybe okay when i booked that but uh, to get back on topic uh in terms of like approaching bands it's a lot of times i'm approached by somebody that's like hey can you book this band for me i'm busy at the time I'm like okay or it's hey i'm friends with so-and-so you booked so-and-so's band yeah one could of you, those things yeah could yeah. you do us a favor and as of more recently i've been involved with a particular person that does a lot of booking himself with major groups like Relapse. Okay. And it's been great working with them. They want want to keep it, like, kind of grassroots, like DIY. Yeah. And Which is great, like, from a metal perspective, and it keeps things more open and versatile. I mean, we're allowed to – our options are better. Like, when it's uh, DIY, it's like, hey, can we do a bar? All right. Can we do, like, a, uh, a, like a, a art, like, a gallery? Okay, yeah. yeah. So we got, like, an all-ages joint. Where it can be BYOB, and we can cater to both crowds and get more people to come in, and spread the music that way. Has
0: uh, booking shows for you been generally positive? Then,
1: uh, for the most part, yes. I've had some ones that have been sour, and the positive ones had, well, let's talk about the sour ones. Okay. Okay. Sure. Because I think there's something to learn from that. The ones that haven't, it did not go so well. Where I didn't make the money I was projected to. I want to make personally I have personal goals that I want to make at all the shows. And the one in particular was a show that was around Skullfest four and it was leading up to it. I was just like, man, did, I thought I did like a good job of and spread the word out through Facebook. And just like, I would go to the record stores, the coffee shops, the bars, like places around town where people will normally like walk to or like get to like in the city. And put the word out about the show. And still, not a lot of people showed up. We made like around 100 bucks. Yeah. and I mean, it's pretty good. But I think for a band that was coming from Montreal. You, totally. Yeah, you've got to like scratch up some more cash than that. hmm That was leading up to Skull Fest, which is a big punk festival. And it's like you're not going to get many of the people from the punk scene to come out for it. Or you're not going to get many people from like the metal scene to come out if you don't have the right like bands so it was something where I should have mixed things up a bit and brought in some other types of bands on there to bring a draw
0: cool so in between Steppenwolf mm-hmm. and uh you know where you're at now like, like how Pig did you destroyer how did you find your way was that was that it was it Steppenwolf Peg De- Pig destroyer. Destroyer. <laughs> no how did you find your way like
1: how did I find... Okay, let's... Mm. Did you have,
0: like, uh, like some friends that were, like, really into nah, some crazy shit, or did you just, nah. like, stumble into it?
1: I just... it is definitely stumbling into it. Like,
0: going to, uh, like, maybe going to, like, music stores and, like, gravitating towards, like, cool album yeah. covers, things like that, or something it else? It was...
1: It was definitely... It had... MTV was a big part of it. Okay. Especially... I watched, like, a lot of television when I was a kid, and in... Middle school, like around 7th, 8th grade, I guess I was starting to pick up on Metallica. I remember seeing one music video uh, or interview with Metallica, and it was for the Reload album. And it, I know it said Reload album, and there, I bet people were like, Reload, yeah. but that was the first Metallica. I'm like, God, I love, I do like that album a lot. I was going to say love, but you know what? <laughs> there's songs on there that I absolutely love, like Unforgiven 2. Yeah. Which is like one of my favorite songs. And that's what got me into Metallica, was that song, Unforgiven 2. And I actually remember going to a Walmart and listening to it. And I heard Unforgiven 2 sample. And I was like, what the hell? This is awesome. It's like, <laughs> man, it's like power ballad. Like, oh, man. <laughs> it's so intense. Oh, I love it. And listening to that, and that started the, the whole metal sidekick okay. off. Was Metallica, and then the whole new metal phase with like Corn, Limp Bizkit, and Park in high school, listening to all that. And uh, picking up on a little bit of Iron Maiden at at that time, too. Like, uh, I remember one of my favorite songs of my Iron Maiden was uh, A Flight of Icarus. Oh, dude, it's great. Like, hearing those songs, like, just conjured up so much imagery. And, like, the vocals were, whoa. Like, I could not. It was just utterly amazed then in college that was the big turning point that was the biggest like where i met people who loved music and were in bands or or were musicians themselves
0: okay so like finding the finding the local scene i guess in a way okay
1: uh like 2003 my second roommate got me into broadened my horizons like hey there's music elsewhere in the world dude like he got me into all the power metal bands cool like the European power metal bands like uh uh Nocturnal Rights, and then American power metal bands like oh, Symphony X yes and shoot oh what was the other band he got me into oh Rhapsody of Fire from, okay yeah yeah he definitely got me into that like my one winged unicorn. I'm just thinking that the last winged unicorn. <laughs> like here, oh yeah. Um, and then actually, it was being on a Naruto uh, forum where they had a music group on there. Okay. That where people were trading and sending music files to each other. I was just like, I had like my music spectrum just got broadened even more so it's just like, like it was acid jazz from 07 industrial just kind of dissonant sounds of Ulvers Perdition City uh the Norwegian black metal of Emperor <laughs> yeah. uh, or the trip-hop jams of um Nujibis from Japan okay it so was just it brought so much from like people in college and then being on the internet and
0: yeah um, so like not you were like not only you weren't exposed to just like one thing at once, mm. it was like this whole like seriously, just like yeah. the floodgates opened, like oh, yeah. here's music, and yeah. you're just like drowning, like ah.
1: And, and <laughs> it was just like stuff that was on websites too. I just was reading a lot there, okay. And, um, I, I was big into a lot of like the metalcore stuff, uh, at the time, like Kill Switch, Engage and Walls of Jericho. And I remember the year I turned 21, I went to see Masson at Rex Theater with. I think priestess opened up for them mm-hmm. and I remember getting shit faced at that show. Pardon my language if I'm uh, swearing or something, but <coughs> I got really drunk at that show and was moshing up their entire set. I, like bruised my tailbone and then moshed it. <laughs> and I remember like, Oh my, I can't stand up. And But then you're like blood and, um,
0: Blood and Thunder. Uh, the
1: blood and Thunder. I, yeah. I blanked out in yeah, it. Blood cool. and Thunder playing. It's like, all right, got to get out there. Split your lungs with Blood and Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but shortly after that, when I got out of college, I was wondering, well, where's all the music? And that's what started me looking for local shows.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just wanted to, like, go out and see things.
1: Correct. I mean, just find out, like... Well, I like seeing metal bands live, I love it, and there's this great allure to the metal sound because it's it's a very low end, it's fast, it's heavy, and it's about the music, and it just charges at you so intensely that I wanted to find that all the time. (laughs) totally like i can't get enough of it i need to find more of it so where's the local stuff happening there's there's
0: two there's two points i want to go okay so i'm gonna hold on to one but i want to backtrack yes real quick okay so you said that you had found some things through a naruto forum Mm -hmm. like the anime naruto yes so are you an anime fan um i
1: still kind of am I I'd still follow Naruto, but that's the only one I'm religiously following in, in terms of like okay, I gotta okay. see how this ends.
0: Okay, um, you were into it a lot more. Like I was in more
1: in an anime like in college. Okay, but yeah. I still I'm still huge into like Godzilla, like the Kaiju films, like Gamera, Ultraman. The anime that I was big into, and I was a part of an anime uh, fan club at University of Johnstown. Uh, we were. Oh, we watched a ton of stuff like the Berserk anime. We cool. Watched a whole range of stuff. I know I was big into like the Mecha series, like the Gundam. Okay. Uh, series. I have like, yeah, Eighth MS Team is one of my favorites with the, the galf custom, yeah, I n- big robot, with like, <laughs> the grappling claw, like, in that last, was it the second or third last episode, where he bows, oh, the, the Gundam S17, he's just like, <laughs> lame ways, he's like grappling hook yeah. around, he's like gatling, going,
0: and, I, I don't know, i never um, I had, uh, a lot of friends that were into anime, and I loved anime, yeah, but I was more, I was never like the, the, uh, The mech stuff too much. Probably the closest to that would have been uh, Neon Genesis, even on I I love that stuff. But then I really like a lot more of like the weird comedy anime. Like I really liked uh, Rama One Half and uh, Tenshi Muyo. Yeah, Uh, I like Chobits a lot. Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, I remember watching Full Metal Alchemist. Trigon. Oh yeah, a lot of that stuff. And then I really liked a lot of the more feature stuff too. Like Akira is one of my favorite movies ever. Uh, ever it's such a uh, great one um all of the uh if satoshi khan if you like, know, he did perfect blue tokyo godfathers oh, yeah. paprika a good mm. good handful of movies and then um
1: i mean obviously
0: the miyazaki stuff
1: yeah, the miyazaki films were just immensely like imaginative and yeah. great storytelling I, mean, I think that's the uh, big part like that was cool about like a lot of the anime I was watching and that you were watching too. It's just like good storytelling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, Excellent storytelling. And
1: also to tie it back in, like music wise too. Like, take for instance Cowboy Bebop with its score of like jazz and just. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It's really cool. Oh, amazing, like, good stuff that just was like hip and like, <laughs> groovy and just capture the feeling of the entire series. Like, I remember just loving the Cowboy Bebop music, uh, uh, like the, the theme songs for it, and then the whole score. And another series that uh, I guess the animators did, uh, i try to remember his name, who uh, who did Cowboy Bebop, but later on went to go do Samurai Champloo. The, all the hip-hop songs for that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mentioned earlier that uh, Nujibis was great, and he, he was like this great uh, trip-hop artist, and he got like all these... He had some American uh, hip-hop artists on there involved, too. Like, uh, I think, uh, who were they? Five uh, D's, Fat John. I'm trying to think of who else. But Fat John in particular was, like, awesome. So I'll play his <laughs> music at the BI for like, uh, when I'm in a good mood. <laughs> but it's, like, really good instrumental, just down-tempo, like, relaxed trip hop so, I'll
0: have to check it out because yeah. I like that kind of stuff oh yeah I do whenever I go back through and listen to this I'll have to write that down and try to remember it yeah I uh, just I um I worked up at Steel City con all weekend yeah. which is like comic book nerd convention there's a ton right. of anime stuff and uh I don't know what any of it is anymore it's been, it's been almost 10 years since I've really watched anything, and it's like, I want to know what this is, because it's probably cool. People are dressed up as characters. I don't know what the fuck they are. But I'm sure this stuff's good, but it's like making the time to do it. I I don't know. I yeah, just, it's, it's really hard to find the time. Oh,
1: especially in those... Oh, those like hundred episode series. Like, oh, yeah. oh, trying to catch up. Like, if you're trying to catch up with say Naruto or One Piece right now, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> it's like you're gonna be spending the entire summer. Like, yeah, it's it's like. Well, I want to uh, get to level eighty for in World of Warcraft, and well, well, then you might as well just say bye to your social life. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like I have a hard enough time catching up on forty five minute albums. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's like, how am I gonna start? I can't even start a new series. Yeah. But um, were you ever into uh like Warcraft or online gaming? Or oh you? yeah, yeah. Definitely <laughs> played
1: uh, World of Warcraft. I had a, um, I have a, well, I haven't played it in a while, but I did get up to level seventy. I use a gnome uh, fire mage. Okay. And it was pretty awesome. We I played it in like a guild that was just full of all these like, we just uh, got together and played. And
0: when what time frame was that?
1: I was in college, and it was a little bit after college too. Okay. But I. Wasn't the video gaming a little bit, um, definitely when I was a kid. Okay. Definitely in high school. What
0: were you into? Like, what uh, games did you start playing? Uh, we talked, like, old I, school stuff?
1: Yeah, like, I played a lot of the, like, the Mario games, but the one, my favorite Super Nintendo game was uh, Earthbound.
0: Okay. I yeah.
1: absolutely love Earthbound because it was a story.
0: Mm-hmm. And...
1: It was just so.
0: It was a realistic story. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, you know, well, aliens it, and stuff. I but mean, aliens. It was It was just like quirky. You humor. were nor. It was normal kids. Yeah. Like it was yeah. set in a normal atmosphere, which was really cool. Oh yeah, and it's just like
1: little quirky stuff, like oh you're you're homesick. Oh man, and you're like yeah. bad stuffs happened to you. you. Better call your mom. Like okay, like and then your dad sends you money. It's like yeah, realistic
0: uh-huh. stuff. Did you play uh, any of the other Mother games?
1: Oh. Um, uh, I played a little bit of it of uh, Mother Three, okay. like an emulator game, but yeah. I felt like I got to a point where I like screwed up on my levels and I was getting my ass kicked and it was like crap. I should have leveled up a little bit more later. Yeah, that
0: happened to me once. That happened to me once when I was playing through uh, Final Fantasy VIII. I was at some weird point where there was uh, a boss fight and like. I had the save point and like you couldn't go back because like it wouldn't let you go back so I couldn't go back to level up my characters it's like I just yeah. have to beat this boss and I would try and try and try and I was never able to fucking do it. Right.
1: That's like um I spent a lot of time on Final Fantasy 7.
0: Yeah, same, same. Oh, yeah, Final Fantasy 7, like... I think I've I think I did everything that you could do and right. I, I beat Ruby Weapon, I beat Emerald Weapon. Oh, oh man.
1: Well, I didn't get that far, I know that. But I did get the, um, I did get nice the nice round table, which yes. also, it's like, in turn, you also got the golden chocobo, uh-huh. and like, all that fun stuff. And that, that, there's another game with great music. And, yeah, Final Fantasy um, VII is awesome. Uh, Nobu, uh, Nobu- um, what's, uh, the, it's, U- Uematsu? Yeah, yeah Uematsu, it starts with a U, yeah. it's Uematsu, something. No. Yeah, all his music, and that was great. Um, The Black Mages, which was his metal, uh, uh band. That they did metal covers. Yeah, you know, oh, I forgot about yeah. that.
0: I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah they they so, played um America a couple. I think they played America like a couple uh, shows on the West Coast.
0: Uh, of course, it's yeah, closer to Japan. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> uh, that's how I always feel like with shows. Like,
0: oh man, it's great.
1: Like, ah, oh, West Coast. Yeah. I'm a
0: bitch. <laughs> no, I. Uh, yeah, that that makes sense with the score and the uh, attraction the yeah. metal. like feel like I have a final fantasy 7 strategy guide right down there that I found it oh. uh I found it at Goodwill uh like a month or two ago for a dollar and I was like man I want to get this and just look at it. Oh, <laughs> shit. Like I have the final fantasy 6 uh uh guide for okay. um well, Final Fantasy 3 for
1: yes. Nintendo and all the artwork from oh what's the name? Trying, uh, name escapes me like he did all the like, the classic artwork. Yeah 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 yeah. Uh, for the older games and mm-hmm. And then, what was that? I, I got the guide for Earthbound 2, which has, like, these Scratch and Sniff cards in the back. Yeah. They, uh,
0: <laughs> do you, um, did you ever read Nintendo Power when oh, you were yeah. younger? And they oh, had yeah. the ads. Had they had script, the Scratch and Sniff. Yeah. They had the ads with the Scratch and Sniff stickers. Those were... I remember, like, one of the awards that you can, like,
1: sign up for. Uh, was when Alien 3 came out was you can win like the thing that Ripley like uh slept in <laughs> like the the cryogenic really? case like you can win that I was like what like why would I want that like what and like now I'm thinking about it, I'm like man where
0: the hell would that go <laughs> like in your house yeah, yeah. somebody oh. might still have that now I wonder who has that
1: oh man like somebody is just like probably auction off like a, or maybe has like their own personal like alien collection
0: yeah uh it's crazy. Do you, uh, do you follow retro gaming at all now?
1: No, not at all. I'm really out of the loop for gaming. Yeah, uh, um, re- it's like, whatever I hear through, like, my friends are going to PAX or they're posting stuff on Facebook about gaming. That's what I know. And,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I really wish I could play Skyrim. Because I've heard a lot of good things about like that. <laughs> because at, I like that Bethesda Studios a lot. Okay. Because I did get a chance to play the Fallout... Uh, was it F- 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 Fallout 3? Uh, 3? Was it?
0: When it There's was, a third uh, one. I don't know yeah, if it's the one you played. Was
1: it? Yeah, that was the one DC. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. I think that was the one, Fallout 3. I don't and know. it was great because... there, they're, Again, it's like a very open story. But it's a compelling universe. Because it's got that retro uh like 50s like feel but there's some sci-fi and there's some really weird storytelling there too and it's just it's a a compelling universe like because it's post-apocalyptic
0: yeah all of all of my friends that play modern games like i've i think i've seen somebody play one of the fallout games right and it looked cool again i don't have fucking time man like i exactly uh, I, uh, I bought a PS3 when Final Fantasy 13 came out Yeah, just to play through it, and that game kind of sucked, unfortunately. The, mm-hmm. I think the that whole series has really gone downhill, because, I mean, there's, there's uh, <laughs> it's not the series fault, it's just there's different teams on each game. Right, and So I think it's,
1: a lot of it also has to do with maybe, like, the culture and what's in right now. I think it falls on all these like, cliches, almost, Mm -hmm. like, you see it, and that's what got me out of, like, anime, too, it's just, like, I was starting to pick up on, like, the the tropes, like, you have, like, the emo, just, Uh character that's leading the way, and then you got, like, the brash character, Uh like, maybe I'm generalizing it too much. No, I don't know, it's, like, like, it's funny, it's how I feel about, uh... If I could pick up on the tropes really quickly, right away, (laughs) then then it either becomes boring, Or it could become humorous, too. But if it's not intended to be humorous, then it's boring.
0: (laughs) And I also wonder if maybe it was always, like, boring, but maybe you were, like, younger and you have this nostalgic attachment to these characters and these things that, you know, you didn't get it because you were younger and it just didn't. Yeah. But it's, like, it's funny. I think about, I just had this thought about how each final fantasy game is different and it kind of keeps on getting oh, worse. Course. And it's just like, cause it's different people on each thing. Yeah. Like different teams creating this thing. And then I just like compare it to, uh, getting back into metal. I just compare it to like cradle of filth's discography. Yeah. And how it's like every album, there's just different people mm. like playing the music on it. And it's like, just gotten cliche and corny. Oh yeah. And it's a shame because early cradle of filth, mm. like I, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, that was the band that got me into the whole black metal thing, where even at that point, it was, like, a little bit late. I guess it was kind of like uh, the first Cradle of Filth album that I heard was Midian, uh-huh. which I don't know, for some people, that might be, like, you saying the first Metallica album you heard was Reload. Yeah. Because it's a little bit, it's, like, in the middle of their like, discography. Like, what do you
1: mean you're talking about? Yeah. Like,
0: man, that's, like, their worst album ever. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, I think know? the album's awesome. Oh, yeah. uh, like, Load's a
1: great Metallica album. And, and But if you look at it as an alternative metal album or alternative rock album, it is a great album. But in terms of their catalog, like their other stuff, people, I can see why I really are like, ugh, like, oh, screw that.
0: I really like, um, as far as Metallica goes, I like everything up to, I think some Reload has a, a few songs on it. Load definitely has some awesome songs on oh, it. Yeah. I think Saint Anger was the point for me. <laughs> <laughs> where i was just i, I just yeah I did, it seemed like uh i don't know like the the old guys still trying to be cool oh yeah rather than just like continuing down the path of writing just like solid rock songs it's like we're gonna have this like attitude now yeah. and all of our songs are gonna sound like intro music for wrestlers frantic
1: tick, tick <laughs> tock oh jeez. Uh, i remember listening to it and I was like, wow, it's great, new Metallica, woo! And then, then, like, reality slowly begins saying, it's like,
0: this isn't
1: good. It's like not, it's like, where's the solos? Where's the, like the, I don't know, the imagination? Where's the Metallica? Yeah, <laughs> I exactly. Like, well, I mean, you got sobered up, what the heck?
0: Yeah, I guess it, it kind of gets to a point sometimes for certain people where uh, you... <laughs> I
1: thought there was a stink bug on me.
0: Oh, there's two in here.
1: Man. So, um, we can punch them if they get close.
0: Let's talk about something completely (laughs) different. Um, check this out. I'm going to do this real quick. This will be interesting for the listeners. If you have a bright light in your room, stink bugs are really attracted to it. If you turn it off, they'll stop flying around. I'm going to get these guys out of here. Yeah, I like have it. So I have like no, uh, no good frame of reference as to how to deal with summer in this house yet uh-huh Ugh. opening a window would be good it's getting a little stuffy in here i'm not used to it this is the first time i've opened the window all year oh wow. since i've lived here this ha. window's never been open so okay. that's a first yeah i'm sure all the all the traffic going down 18th street will pick up on the microphone but fuck it yeah it's yeah, actually
1: uh this isn't too bad in here uh too so if you, and it's like if you want if you want to close it you can close it but if you want you can
0: eh, we'll see what happens okay I think got guy guy a Harley it's
1: a... shows up and it's
0: like, my Harley. Again, it, it, it doesn't matter because it's it's a, it's a whatever. You know it's. I don't have anybody to impress with my ha. my my microphone isolation. You got a problem yeah. with it? Come Boom. see me.
1: Boom. But uh, oh, and sh- shows up here. Okay,
0: yes, yeah, it's, it's showing up a little bit. Okay. Yeah, eh, we'll be yeah. fine. Okay, so back on track. That's the third stink bug I got rid of today. Just in this room, man. Do you know to, Is there any way to get rid of them? What are How do you... Or, like, to get them to not show up?
1: Get Get at them as soon as you can. They just reduce their numbers as soon as you can. If you see one... Do they mate? I, I thought they were, like, asexual or something like that. Where do they come from? I, I thought they were an invasive species. Somebody brought them in and, like, well, here I th- they are. I thought I
0: heard once that they were brought in to get rid of the cicada... Or something. Apparently, we were having a cicada problem. I've never seen any cicadas. I've seen I've a ton of heard, stink bugs, though. Yeah, I've
1: never heard cicadas being a problem because usually the birds eat the cicadas, and it's like woohoo, feast
0: time. <sighs> well, yeah. The only time the stink bugs ever seem to fly around is when that light is on, mm-hmm. which is weird. I don't understand what what the deal is with that. Right. But uh, fuck. Where were we at? I don't know. We've talked a lot about music. We've yeah, talked we- about some anime, about some video games. What else are you into? I know you work at a coffee shop. Oh yeah. Are you into coffee, or is that oh, just kind? of... I like coffee a lot. I just gotta be, uh,
1: I gotta be careful with it. Sometimes it's like I I'll you- drink it like a lot, and then I'll be like, <laughs> oh, get like charged up and way too hard, and then like, oh, I need to go like run or something like, and then I feel like kind of weird, and but um, yeah, I love coffee, and working at the uh, the Beehive Coffee Shop, it's it's nice. We definitely are the assholes of the Pittsburgh uh, coffee shop.
0: Oh, wh- scene. why do you
1: think that? Because we have to. We definitely have to act a little bit tougher around the the uh, the crowd, the around the the south side for well, sure. And
0: you have to deal with south side yeah. people.
1: Plus, we have a full bar too. Yeah, and I mean, we get casual drinkers that come in there, which hey, they're fine, they're awesome. I've, the regulars that come in there and drink, no biggie. Uh, it's when like on the at night, like say Thursday, Friday, s- Saturday, when the bar next door, which is owned by our sa- the same uh, owners, uh-huh. uh, the Rowdy Buck, that's when they start. Some of the overflow comes over. They want to do shots, and it's like, oh man.
0: Okay, so like, it's just obnoxious. Like,
1: yeah, it gets really. I get yeah. I old. can't
0: imagine. I I worked in coffee shops for around th- three years. I was in the coffee game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the coffee game, yeah, and uh, I loved it, but I couldn't imagine ever working in a bar, and it's like, you, yeah. you're this fine line, I mean, you're they like... don't
1: ask for, like, anything fancy, and if they do, I'm just like, I'm have that, I just, I just, like, smile, and like, oh, man, but a lot of times they just ask for shots, or just something simple, like, um, gin and tonic, or rum and coke or something like
0: that did you work at the beehive when all three rooms were still open no or i did two? not
1: i moved it i started working there when they had just got done renovating and they made the, the rowdy buck and everything is on the one side okay uh that and the reason why they had they were able they put in a bar next uh next door and they used the other two rooms is because the beehive has the alcohol license and um well it was just easier to open up a bar next door when the owners had. The, they had the, the license side, already they had the license already because those things are expensive from my understanding I mean, yeah it's just like a good, a pr- uh, pretty paying especially pro- trying to uh, procure one like for the <laughs> in the south side you know, uh. there's like oh, there's too many put <laughs> oh, another one yeah the south side needs another uh, dancey loud bar just at that end of the block <laughs> yeah it's like another uh, Mario's or Diesel come together
0: uh huh um so, I guess this is way off track, kind of, okay. but I'm just thinking about Pittsburgh, and uh, did you grow up in Pittsburgh? Nope. Um, I was born in New Orleans, Louisiana. Okay, that's um, way off the map.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I live uh, collectively in the D.C. metro area for 10 years, like, in around Virginia, Maryland. Oh, okay. I lived outside of Philly. Uh, I moved here in Pittsburgh in 98, um, and... I started going to school here in 8th grade. I went to school in Upper St. Clair. Fuck up St. Clair. I hate all the students. I hate all... But the <laughs> faculty... Uh, the teachers were great. The teachers were awesome. Uh, it's just the... Uh, all the kids were, like, in their so crappy you music. Just, uh, like...
0: You moved around a lot when you were younger? Oh, is yeah. Is that, like, your parents' work? Uh,
1: Yeah, you know, my dad is a civil engineer. So, he we just went to, like, wherever he, like, was able to get a job. Basically. Okay. And he started working for... Uh, Trumbull Corp here in Pittsburgh, and things have been well
0: since then. Still here?
1: Yeah, still here. Still, my uh, parents are still in St. Clair. Yeah, we're <laughs> all still here, and it's been great. I mean, I love Pittsburgh. I mean, it's a great spot to make my base of operations.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I, I grew up here. I've always lived here, mm-hmm. but I I go I travel uh-huh. when I can. So oh, I've tried. For sure. I've tried to. I've seen some places, but I have. I like it here a lot, and I don't. Right. The city gets a bad rep from some people, but I think they're or, just grumps. Oh yeah, and I don't think they'd be happy anywhere.
1: I don't know. Which also uh is an interesting, like people say a bad rep, and like, well, it has a certain way, especially when it comes to booking shows. It has a, a very particular way. Like if when say I I will get from time to time a band that has like a high guarantee, and it's a band I don't even know about, or I don't even think they'll draw well. And it's like, well, there's only a certain amount of people that will come out to that show. Like, maybe like 20 to 30 people. Um, a good show, 40 to 50 sometimes with the metal shows. Pittsburgh's definitely getting a better reputation. The metal and the punk scene and the hardcore scene are definitely picking up. And there's a lot of good people that are getting people interested. There's a lot of young people out there. And young people are getting active. Uh, totally another thing that I like to personally say I have an advantage o- uh, over or have like some good insight on is like kind of what a uh, scene like going to shows where all the younger people are at. Like there's a lot of young people in the hardcore punk scene mm-hmm. and like that migrate around, like the all ages thing like the shop and the Roboto. Then there's also the house shows that they'll play too. And you see a lot of like kids there and they're, they're into like, and, hey, they like metal, too, but it's not – it's harder to book, like, metal shows when, like, they want to play at a bar or something like that. Yeah. I think it's very important when it comes to booking here, like, especially a booking journal, just to know the lay of the land and go to people's shows. Go I, – I didn't book shows for a while, uh, and I just started, like, after I was attending metal and punk and hardcore and getting to know the people and just watching how it was done – from their perspective and making mistakes and learning from them. And then also watching other promoters book shows and like, Oh, asking them questions like, Oh, well, how do you do this? And how do you do that? And just showing a general interest in everything. So Yeah.
0: It's weird. Uh, you're probably the only, you seem to have like a really positive outlook on everything generally, uh-huh. which is a lot different than a lot of people I know. Well, thank it, you. It's no, it, it's nice to hear. You know, it's it's good. the The city needs some more positivity, and it's oh, it's for weird sure. coming from me because I'm pretty negative when it comes to things. But it's just like I've booked shows, uh-huh. and but it, for me, maybe it's just luck of the draw with me. It's just I've just had really bad experiences with it. It always seems to be uh, just falling into like unreliable people or unreliable venues or just, oh, or just situations that are kind of out of my control and it's just it's a lot of responsibility to book a show oh of course and it gets to be nerve-wracking sometimes
1: but i can sympathize with like the negativity especially like at the beginning of the night when the show is like about to start it's like well I told people to be here by (laughs) 8 like why they're not here because I'm so used to being the first person there like punctual and responsible and I'm just like oh man are enough people going to come out what happens if we don't pay the bill then I'm going to have to put some of the money myself and then what's going to happen but then usually generally things will happen in a positive manner and I'll make like the amount that I project and things end up becoming good like in the long run and then a lot and then there's times when it's like it happens better than I expected, which is like, yeah. Those are rare, but it's like wow. And then
0: that um, kind of gives you the drive to move for move uh, through the yeah. next couple times you might if you have something bad happen. Then oh yeah. You still you have that. You can't have a an awesome show without oh, a, yeah. a bad thing. I mean that's, that course. goes for anything in life, I guess. Yeah, you have to good days. Can't have good days without bad days. Oh,
1: of course you have to learn from uh, the experiences too, and and move on, and then. Just be modest, humble, uh, and be polite, but also be firm too. Yes, I mean, you got. <laughs> and there's you can't be wishy washy at all. Like you gotta be like, hey, this is when it's gonna happen. Um, you gotta be confident. It's like w- one of the things where I think I've I haven't gotten. I wouldn't say I've gotten flack, but I've gotten some raised eyebrows for it. Like when I first started, um, just raising costs to seven bucks a show and making that my Instead of the normal five dollars, make it seven dollars because it it adds up over the person. Oh yeah, sure. And what? Oh man, the five bucks. And not excuse me, like seven bucks, man. That's way too much. Man, where are they from? And like, well, they're just from. They're close by. It doesn't matter where they're from. And it's it should be like seven bucks. It should be the new norm because it's a lot of people have been charging five dollars for shows since like. Since like the nineties, I remember a lot of yeah. people would tell me like, "God damn, inflation, right?" Yeah, I mean, it costs you know how much money it costs to bring a trailer uh, through uh, Pennsylvania. Man, they nickel and dime you. Yeah, like if you have more than one axle, oh man, you're a,
0: <laughs> 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 jeez, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. it's oh, tour. It's very yeah. expensive traveling. It's oh, cool. it's very and it's not cheap to eat. It's nope. not. It's being in a band's really not cheap. No. I mean, and, you know, and then you'll have people that aren't in bands and go to shows don't understand that because they're not in a band. No. And then the people that are in bands and go to shows are probably cheap because they're spending all their money on their band. No, they just want to,
1: <laughs> like, hang out and just socialize and just be at the show. They, they're not yeah. going to the show. They're, like, go- they're just going there to hang out. Yeah. And I've seen that for a couple of my shows, and it's irritated me, but I'm not going to say who these people are, but or which part of the scene that they're in, but or which particular scenes it is. I've seen this happen a lot, and, and it, it is annoying when you've attended their the bands that they've uh, attended their shows uh-huh. quite frequently and show up, and you're right up there in the thick of things all the time, and you're up in the front row, you're cheering them on, and you're rocking out, and then when they come to your show, they either hang out in the back, or they don't or they don't hang out near the stage, they just hang out at the bar, hang out with their friends, or they don't support... Um, you get positive vibes from them, but it's yeah. just not... I mean, like, it's it's
0: weird with me. Uh, it's all know. it's more
1: like a verbal, just kind of, uh, like, like confidence, confidence builder.
0: It's weird. Know. I want to say that I feel a lot... There's people that are involved in the music scene mm. for reasons that I think are wrong. They might not be wrong yeah. to them, but it's like they're selfish reasons, you know, like... I'm going to play, I want everybody to watch me play, but or image, I don't care about, too. yeah, or an image thing, like, yeah. or like, I don't I'm really, not going
1: to go to that show because it's of this type of music, and it's like, um, or my friends are out here, I'm like, eh, like whatever.
0: And it, it's weird for me, uh, you know, if I haven't, like, if I, like, if I'm at a show or playing a show with some bands, and if it's, like, a band that I've seen a dozen times, right, I'm probably not going to stick around and watch their whole set. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's nothing against the band. I mean, it's, like, there's bands that I love, but it's, like, you know, I've seen you guys play so many times, and I worked all day, and I got to go to work tomorrow morning. And, right. But then, it's at the same time, it's, like, well, I want to stick around because... Uh, and support. Like, and, and support. That's, that's why... I, it's, like, this weird, yeah. it's this weird, uh, I don't know, tug of war with myself sometimes. Exactly. Of, like, you know... What's right, what's wrong, and mm-hmm. I don't want to be a dick, but at the same time, it's like it's essentially I'm, what it I'm, comes
1: down to is choosing the right thing to argue about, and it's like I think some of the, the stuff it can be it can be petty in terms of oh man, they're not going to come out to my show. Well, guess what? It's like from all the shows that I've booked, a lot of those people still haven't showed up, but for some weird reason. I get all these people that I've never seen before show up to my concert, uh, and I've been noticing that as of late, like I, like more than half, are people that I've never seen before, and they show up to the concert. Booking. Maybe it's because I'm promoting it the right way by flyering at like places. I don't, yep. I don't know. I only have like a general idea. I but you it's, ever? It's
0: weird. So. Do you ever? Do you um? Whenever you book shows, do you like run door? Yep. Oh someplace? yeah. Do you ever I, think about asking people, like, hey, like, how'd you hear about the show? I, I always think about that, and I forget to ask, because it's <laughs> like, oh, man, there's so much going on. I'm you like, have a thousand that, other that, things yeah. to worry about. Yeah. Sure.
1: yeah. But I am curious, like, because I do have friends from the music scene that are, like, they're regulars, and then then there's people I've seen who are people like me, like, they'll just, like, go to shows, and it's like, yeah, I've seen them before, they'll come out to mine. Uh, but then i will get people, I'm like, man, I've never seen you before, like, wait a minute, like... Where'd you come from? It's like yeah, like and but really it's like, awesome. awesome show
0: yeah, but yeah I mean maybe it is working. I'd say you know whatever you're doing, keep doing it yeah. and do it more. Yep, you know if you want it to grow, there's a lot of people that are um, real. I mean I don't think there's people that will even go out of their way to make physical copies of flyers anymore.
1: Yeah, a lot of people just re- I, I feel like a fair amount of people rely heavily on Facebook, which. I mean, it's a good part that you definitely need Facebook to get the word out there. I would like to say – yeah, I would like to think you, you need it. But you're not – you're going to miss people if you don't physically flyer. Uh-huh. And there's – I mean, I not only flyer in the city. If I had, like, the energy to go out to the suburbs um, all the time, I flyer out there as well. But especially for, like, the smaller shows – I know who's going to come. It's going mean, to be people in the city, especially for this. But if it's for, like, say, a big uh, band off of Relapse Records or Profound Lore Records, then yeah. I'm going to get out into the
0: suburbs. Yeah, you never know. know who's listening to A lot of the people yeah. that I know that are into, like, the real wacky underground stuff always tend to be people that kind of live more in the middle of nowhere. right? Because they don't have the distraction of city life around them all the time. And it's like, you know, they're kind of just huddled in their boring little town. Uh-huh. You know, on the internet, and maybe go into like that one show a month that they might get at the one place where they have shows in their little town. Oh, yeah. Or the, you get like cases like
1: Smiling Moose, where people are like, oh, that's on the other side of the river. I can't make it over there. And, or <laughs> it's like, or you get people from uh, in the south side are just like, oh, that's in Polish Hill. No, I'm not going to be able to make it across the road. If there's a river or a bridge involved, it's just like there's some head scratching and like mm, yeah I'll be able to make it yeah it's it's but it's not it's, that far of a travel yeah, it, but uh, oh no like, it, but it gets to be hard it is segregated like, yeah for sure oh yeah and especially the uh the Bloomfield Garfield Polish Hill Lawrenceville area like those four communities the that, that people live there that's where a lot of I feel like the music scene is happening. Oh yeah, absolutely. Whether it's like a bar, a venue, or a house show, there's
0: so much yeah. over there, man. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff over there.
1: Yeah. Look at like Garfield, like that. Um, when they do the uh, the art crawl, the first of every Friday, uh, there, it's just like,
0: wow, look at all these art
1: galleries and look at all these people there, here in Garfield, that normally aren't here in Garfield. Yeah. Scary and, Garfield. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, wow. Like you never thought. Of that. I never. thought would think about that especially like me when i used to live in summer like oh man garfield but now it's like <laughs> but now i go over there and i'm like oh i have a friend that lives in garfield like oh whatever I'm like hmm okay just go over there
0: now oh, the world's becoming a less scary place i think fortunately like as like i think the idea of the like bad neighborhood oh, at least course. in our at least in the pittsburgh area uh-huh. i don't really think we have any like sketchy neighborhoods no. anymore. I mean something I th- bad can happen anywhere, but you know when I, I grew up in Wilkinsburg. Right. And when I was growing up in the early nineties, Wilkinsburg was like, Wow, that's a really scary area and right. at times it was, yeah. But that's totally. where
1: the first Roboto was located. Yeah.
0: And people just went over
1: there and it's like I think familiarity will breed like a better understanding a lesson especially less in ignorance too.
0: Yeah. I think the other thing too is like, uh, in that time, the idea of like gang culture Mm -hmm. was being glorified a lot more than it is now. It's not at all. Um, primarily, I think like I was reading a lot recently about how, uh, music really affects people as a whole Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, different classes of people and things like that. And I think that whenever that, like, gangsta rap stuff Uh was really, really popular, the world was a lot scarier because of the ignorance that it glorified. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it promoted violence and things like that. And now popular music isn't really very violent at all. Yeah. It's it's still, it's, it's some of it can be dangerous in other ways, Uh but not, I think that over the past, like, two decades it's gotten better and better and better and the world's not as physically scary of a place you just have to right. worry more about like 12 year olds getting pregnant and y- yeah that sort of oh of scary thing <laughs> because of how like over sexualized everything is Correct. in a lot of popular music i mean if you
1: look at especially like the uh, start of like Black metal, well, Norwegian black metal. Yeah. Uh, all the the occult stuff and the darker things that were going on and burning of churches, the um, cru- uh, things being crucified, uh, animal parts being yeah. on display on stage. And a lot of that's kind of like changed, especially like throughout the 90s when it kind of like kind of went up and down. And then as it's like today, it's more. Black metal has been more, like, it's been brought into the light, but it's been brought, the light's kind of, like, shining on, I think oh, the, like, uh, like the folk and nature, and then also,
0: but then there's, I mean, I think some Soberton. of the philosophies are still there. Yeah. It's just, it's prese- exactly. it's presented in a more, uh, well-read, mature manner. Yes. It's, like, I mean, it's, and it's still got, like, the, the, uh, the cheesy, like,
1: yeah, Satan, 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 like you, know, like well, Midnight. Yeah, I mean, Who do it like in a funny and just kind of like the first way of black metal way. It's like with um, with like Venom. They knew it was a joke. It was and shock they, it, rock. Yeah. yeah, And it's rock and roll uh, at its finest. Uh huh. And they were just doing it to, like, yeah, exactly. Shock. Yeah. And, but then you get bands like uh, Mayhem, where Uranus wanted <laughs> to make it much more like a almost. A, like a religion to some extent like a almost like a belief system like a like a cult almost yeah that it it gets gets, a little like come on like are you is this a joke or is this for real i mean we don't know he's dead now yeah
0: Yeah. i mean there's gonna be there's always people there's always gonna be extreme people out there like you know there's gonna be some weird black metal guy that's, you know, like really trying blood. to like yeah. sacrifice some people and do yeah. some crazy shit. Yeah. And there's going to be some weird gangster rapper guy that's going to want to, you know, talk about some violent stuff. Yeah. And like, you know, there's going to be, it's, there's always going to be extreme oh, people. And, oh yeah. Especially
1: and the other types of extreme people, you get like the people that are thinking like, oh, this genre is the best. Like the,
0: the elitists and such. Metal elitists in particular yeah. are some of the worst people to deal with. <laughs> you know, like people oh, that are like. like that's not metal enough Yeah. or that's it's not metal enough or that's not it's not metal enough not
1: black metal enough not death metal enough not power metal enough I'm like no I haven't met me, me, anybody said, are like, some of
0: like, the but worst. even the punk uh,
1: I've been around punk people that are like that too punk elitists oh, oh. oh like especially the raw punks that are like oh, it's not deep oh that's not punk enough you're not wearing enough studs you're not <laughs> you're not vegan enough you're not saying <laughs> fuck the cops uh, enough and it's like Come on, just let me listen to it for the fucking music. And yeah. I'm on mosh. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, so, I mean, it's it's anywhere in any type of, like, I think, music where people just, they have to be reminded, first and foremost, it's music. It's entertainment. Come on. It brings all walks I mean, of life that's together. That's
0: the thing is, like, some people, again, going back to that, how people really take and absorb music, and, like, oh, you yeah. can tell somebody's lifestyle by the kind of music that they listen to uh-huh. some people, it just, I think it just absorbs in them too much. Like they don't have anything else to hold on to. A good example of that, n- not to down talk anybody, but like crust punk kids yeah. that are like not kids anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking uh, like the crust third- or uh, <laughs> crust fun kids. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We're, I mean, well not even crust fun kids, because <laughs> that's a that that but like it is a good term, yeah. but like the kids that let that lifestyle, like they romanticize that lifestyle to a point they where it's like
1: fetishize. Excuse me. Yeah, they fetish, fetish, fetishize. I'm fetishize. That. Excuse me for. Sorry. <laughs> fetishize uh, the dirtiness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's like I don't know. I mean, like people fall in hard times. Right. And you know, you know, sometimes you have to, you know, do, you know, there's people that don't have homes. There's people that have to do this and that yeah. to make it by. But to to choose a lifestyle that like simulates that yeah. in some sort of a way is it's like, it's weird. And it also, I if you look back
1: at, it, I think it was. I mean, part of it could be also be fabricated by like the music industry, especially yeah. with like the Sex Pistols. So, like it yeah. was just like, hey, we made them look like this way, like in a, and like put pins on them, put like buttons. I mean, I mean, I feel and like people
0: wrong. and people take it like seriously, and I still understand why. You would genuinely want to live like that. It's like, oh, you know, I don't want to... I don't want to work for the man. Or, like, I just want to, like, travel and be out, you know, and, like... I don't know. All these different, like, philosophies that some punk people have where they... It's like, they're well-read. They're intelligent people. Mm -hmm. Because they can make a good point for themselves, you know, why they do things. But at the same time, it's like, I just don't get why you would want to put yourself into a situation like that. I think...
1: Someone has to do with maybe like want
0: to be free from like any kind of for like better term I, chains. Yeah, that I don't could know. Be
1: tying down. We're it's also like kind of
0: I think we're we're getting this is also kind of splitting off because I think this started. I was talking about the people that kind of are more that more fake that sort of lifestyle, which I think yeah. is you'll run. I think well, you run into more people that are like doing it for bad reasons rather than people that are just living off the grid because they want to be I'm, off the grid. Yeah, not because I, they want to like meet some sort of like fashion I will say
1: I will say this that there are there's some damn good people in the punk scene and here in Pittsburgh that the ones that are really good are putting forth the effort and living up the punk lifestyle and the way I see punk is you're not only doing it for the music but you're doing it for something else like some you're active you're and that is the portion that um I've always been like wow that person is totally punk because they're into the music and they're doing something else in the community, like um, helping feral cats or bringing awareness for uh, bringing awareness towards women's abuse or yeah, yeah, yeah. or doing something for the community. Just putting that extra effort into like being like socially active. Yeah, and maybe, aware yeah to, maybe
0: like living a lesser yeah. quality of life so they but could just, give more.
1: But just hanging around just, uh, and living every day where you're just like drinking and boozing and just like the, the rock star lifestyle style which is also like in metal too i mean metal and punk both have like that lifestyle where it's like i'm just gonna drink and booze and just party all the time like at some point you have to stop and you have to do something a little bit more i would want to do something more productive in my life too
0: i just i don't i I mean that's the thing i just i can't understand what like i did um
1: a couple weekends ago pedal for the pantry uh which was it benefited the greater food bank in Pittsburgh where well, it was a bike scavenger hunt and you had to go around to different uh, supermarkets and pick up uh, food items for the local food bank. And it was great. And we, I think they raised like, shoot, there was like two huge pallets at the end of the day. That's for, awesome. Like stuff. So uh, I know a few like punk musicians that I competed in that or people I've seen at shows um, definitely was felt like I was the only metalhead there though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that, you know, you're, I don't think you're just a metalhead. I think you're just somebody that, um, I think you just appreciate good music and creative things and Mm -hmm. you you just like being a part of something. And I think that definitely like the punk community is a lot more known for doing things. Right. There really isn't too much active activity in the metal scene rather than like being super metal, just like being really good at your instruments and like, Everybody I know that's, like, into metal and all they listen to is metal, they're mm. they're pretty boring people. I mean, nothing yeah. against them. They're all nice, but a lot of them are pretty boring people. But a lot of the punk people... You get, that I know, like,
1: once they are into particular genres and they, they get to be boring. And it's like, oh, come on. It's like, come on, listen to, like, some black metal with me. Or, like, come <laughs> on, listen to some death metal. Or, like, anyone listen to some power metal and then both sides say no? I'm like, oh
0: Yeah, but then again, I mean, it, it's... I mean, it's a thing. Like, I think that you need to, like, understand, like, I guess it says a lot about, like, you know, the person that only listens to death metal. Yeah. Of course they're going to be, like, a grumpy antisocial butt because that music is so, like, grumpy. But, you know, I like that grumpiness. (laughs) Sometimes. It's
1: angry about something. And, like, (laughs) but metal and punk have always had their ties together. Like, they've always been about, it's been an under... Like an underclass, it's been a subculture area about, like, well, we're like in a certain way, we're low man guys on the totem pole, and this is what life is about, like on this end. And it, but it's also about, especially through song and music, making people aware of, like, hey, this kind of thing, whether it's like uh, place of brutality or. Uh, like bad doctors or yeah uh, it's, it's or like uh, <laughs> medical malpractice there yeah. we go that's the word I was like we bad doctors what's the word oh medical malpractice yeah it's There's not, not only
0: term. is it uh like if you compare it to like typically popular genres of music mm-hmm. not only is it like on the surface the sound is dramatically different yeah. but a lot of the times the themes and what the music is about is dramatically different right you know because you don't have songs about just like
1: I'm hanging well, out with my buds. Yeah. Well sometimes,
0: you know. Yeah. Well yeah, pop like <laughs> yeah, pop music's
1: always been good in its quantities. Like and it's good in certain doses. Uh, there's
0: but, some pop stuff yeah. I like, you know, but I like a little this bit of is, everything. I'm like
1: and there's sometimes I'm like, I mean, I just wanna be I wanna feel like a piece of shit. Scott Massey told that to me. It's like from Storm King and yeah. Air Venus. Like and I thought that was a really apt description of like like some of the good music's like I want to be made like a... He said to me, like, I want to feel like a piece of shit when I listen to this one band. It's like, bands... And it's like, that's what I look for sometimes. Yeah. Like, but then there's other times want, I'm looking for stuff that's like, yeah, energetic, powerhouse, like, like just like, want, like I don't know, party, like torch. Yeah. Um, or, ch uh, or a Monomarth. Hearth. just like sing along. <laughs> let's sing along the Viking metal. Sometimes
0: songs. you just want a headbang, and you yeah. put on a Ramstein record, and yeah. you just oh, like, oh hell yeah! <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I want to see Flaming Wings and Valtasis on stage. <laughs> yeah, let's do it.
0: Yeah, it's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. super awesome. My phone keeps going off. It doesn't uh, matter. It's not important. Mine's doing something too. I don't. <laughs> I don't... Yeah. We're uh, we're gonna wrap up here in a minute because um, we've like, we've been going for a while. Um, but uh. I guess what I want to wrap up everything on, mm-hmm. I guess, is uh, where do you think this might be a deep question? uh Oh, <laughs> not in a bad. Way. I know, but uh, you know, where do you think you might be right now had you not found the music that you found? Cause it seems like you discovering all of this music, whatever it be, like really ended up again. Like I said, how the music you listen to dictates mm-hmm. your life. I mean, it really seems to have dictated, you know, the past, probably coming up on 10 years of your life now, Yeah. you know, with all of the people that you've met, the people that you're probably close friends with now and the shows and music seems to really control you right. from a oh, point where you oh, were, yeah. uh, you know, like you, um, when you were in college and you were playing Warcraft enough to get a level 70, whatever. Yeah. And I'm just, do you think that getting into this music and like this social stuff got you like away from the computer and got you out into the world. It did. It did so much. And you think? And with- I'm
1: so thankful for all the people I've met. I mean, it, it may sound like kind of cheesy to say that, but I really am. Like everybody that I've met from all the metalheads, all the punks, just from all sorts of like backgrounds and walks of life. I I like hearing about their stories so much in terms of they've got this wealth of experience and. I'm just curious about what's going on. Yeah. And it's always intriguing to hear about that. Like from people from different parts of the globe, different parts of the States and like being, and let music being the, what brings people together. Yeah. Like it's the meeting. It's the, it's the dinner table. And it's just like, like everyone is equal at this table and, and what brings us together is music. And that's what I'm really thankful for is just it being able to get out and just, being amongst like really interesting and fascinating lifestyles,
0: yeah, that's it's awesome. My interests that I had when I was growing up are entirely different now oh, because of, yeah, you know, meeting all these people, and it's the same thing for me. And you know, and it's like we met each other through this, and mm-hmm. you know, you're yes, a solid dude, dude I'm glad yeah. to know you, thank you for sure. And uh, it's this has been a, a good talk, it was fun to pick your brain,
1: thank and you, and stuff. And it was nice to, I Appreciate it uh, <laughs> so much, uh, Brian. I It
0: mean, means a lot. I'm glad that we had the anime connection. I'm always excited. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm always excited to find somebody that liked anime when yeah, they were younger. I still younger.
1: R- would really like to get uh, Cowboy Bebop on like on DVD. The uh, <laughs> once I have on DVD, so I still have Escaflain. I won't plop that. <laughs> but, yeah. But the one I have that I absolutely love the most that I have on D- DVD is uh, Gurren Logan, And okay. it's just... Oh, uh, it's a mecha anime. It's it's cheesy, it's guys like tropes there, but it's funny and it's just so epic and great. I highly recommend if you like anime, you gotta watch Grunboggin.
0: Alright man. Well dude, thanks for coming over. Hey, you're welcome. Anytime. <laughs> cool. Wow. That was awesome. And that's all folks. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I I really like talking to Chris. The DIY music community and the world in general could just use more people like him. I definitely took some positive notes from our conversation, and I hope you all did too. Again, if you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. And yes, I will be back next week with another new episode. I am Sykes, Start the Beat Podcast, 2014, Whoop! Woo! Thanks for listening.